What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk and Xbox Podcast, episode number 152, presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Kevin, and on today's episode, we're talking leaks, leaks, more leaks, and uh, there's some Tokyo Game Show stuff, too, to talk about. But before we get to all that, i got to introduce my co-host, Jam Pack Sam. How are you doing, my friend? What's up, man? I'm doing incredibly well. It has been a week. We mm-hmm. have got a lot of stuff to talk about, and Xbox, unintentionally, has just been all over the news and uh some ways unfortunate some ways fortunate at, at any rate we've got a packed show for you guys tonight it's funny I, w- I woke up tuesday morning and i was like you know it's been a it's been a slow news week i'm not i'm not sure what we're going to talk about on thursday and then i log on to twitter and everyone's like the spongebob meme with the fire going there i'm like what what's going on and then i was like oh okay and then i spent yeah. four hours at work trying to like yeah I'm a journalist. I can decipher all this. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that, not to like derail the conversation, but obviously, like you and I do this as a hobby. It's a part-time thing for us. Like we just enjoy talking video games, and I, I have the tendency to fall into like this IGN payment required level of analyzing these deals and talking mm-hmm. about these moves and stuff. And in reality, I'm just a dude. I'm not connected to any of this stuff. But man, I love it. Like it's simultaneously one of the most stressful times when something like this leaks because you feel compelled to make content and share a hot take on it. But at the same time, it's like, man, I live for this. I've lived for this since I was like 10. I love it. You you know what I've stopped doing, though, to make it a little more um, manageable is I don't engage on like Reddit discussions or like other sort of things about any of it. I just I'll, I'll read and be like, it's not worth the three hours of people responding to me telling me I'm wrong or like yeah. stupid. Like I, I do that on Twitter now where like if somebody comes back and they're like, what, what, what do you mean this, that, and the other? Unless I'm good. I don't need it. I'm fine. Thanks. Mm. All right. Well, let's jump into the actual show proper. Remember, we are live every Thursday right here on YouTube. If you can't just live, we post Friday mornings on all your audio platforms while you're over there. Make sure to drop us those five-star reviews on Apple, Spotify. Um, I do want to point out, you can still rate our PlayStation show No Limits and enter our Spider-Man 2 giveaway. That will be ending in less than a month now. So if you haven't rated them, go over. And that leads me into our next thing I want to talk about. Extra Life Weekend is November 3rd through the 5th, I believe. It's the first weekend of November. And we announced our grand prize. So for every $10 donation that our Extra Life campaign gets for Team Phoenix Overdrive, you will be entered to win the Spider-Man 2 Collector's edition that 250 dollar collector's edition can be yours if you just donate to charity help some sick sick kids and help team phoenix overdrive so if you want to enter the link will be down below in the description appreciate anyone's support and if you want to support us further, get early access to Save the Game Media content and exclusive exclusive bonus post shows, head over to patreon.com slash save the game media. Choose the tier that's right for you, like our current Patreon supporters. So thank you to Bucky Blue, Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Brianna's wife, Nikolai at night, Cypher Primus, Brendan Myers, Marcus O'Neill, Lillian, Mimi J, The Snack Network, David Hotright, Dave Harp, The Xbox Expansion Pass, Alpaca Tom, and Lee Navarro. Thank you all for your support. We appreciate each and every one of you. Sam, that's housekeeping out of the way. So let's dive right in because this is a packed show. Got to start off, though. What you been playing? I have been playing. So to back up, I finished Starfield. I don't know if I mentioned that on last week's show. No, no, you hadn't. 
Yeah, so I finished the main quest. And finished, I use lo loosely just because finished can mean a lot of different things in Starfield. Like, you're not really finished with the game until, like, 2027 or whatever. Like, there's just so much to do. You with it. rolled credits. Correct. So I rolled credits on it. I know how it ends. I've started New Game Plus. And then now that that's over, obviously, I'll come back to Starfield. But I wanted to move on to a little something else. Been a busy week. Um, so I moved over into some more of the Crew Motor Fest. I mentioned that Ubisoft provided a code so I could check it out for review. And man. It's such a good game and it's unfortunate because it's going to get overlooked in a lot of ways mm -hmm. just because it's a racing game. We even saw with Forza Horizon 5 where like IGN was the only one that gave it a game of the year whenever it came out, but it was IGN's game of the year. And the Crew Motorfest doesn't have that Forza Horizon notoriety to kind of fall back on as far as name recognition goes. But soundtrack is fire. Tons of different ways to play the game. There's a destruction derby mode that I've been having a blast with. Um, and so just a ton of fun to be had there. So really, really appreciate Ubisoft sending that over and totally unbiased take. Like I got it for free, but at the same time, it's just a great game. Would have bought mm -hmm. it anyway. Uh, so I really appreciated that. And then uh, Solar Ash. Checked out a little Solar Ash action, which is the new Game Pass Git. Uh, it came out in 2021, but it came to Game Pass last week. And it's kind of like a... A puzzle slash action game with a really cool kind of, um, I guess, journey vibe is the best way mm. I can describe it. Um, I really, really enjoyed that one from the makers of Hyperlight Drifter. Has That's what I game. thought. Yeah, yeah. So it's that. So those are the three things I've been spending my time on. Awesome, awesome. So uh, I I haven't played the Crew Motor Fest, but everyone I've talked to or listened to about it has done nothing but say that the game is fantastic. So. I'm glad to hear you're enjoying it, but I also rolled credits on Starfield since we last nice. talked. Nice. Very cool. Um, so I have, I, I rolled credits. I have put the game aside 40 hours in. I feel like for me, I'm done with it at the current moment. I've done all the main quests. I've done all the faction side quests. Um, there's some, the rest of my achievements basically look like outpost stuff and like getting materials, right. crafting. And I'm like, that's not really what I'm enjoying about this game. Like, that's not the stuff I want to partake in. My side quest log was getting pretty low. So I was like, I think I'm ready to step away for now. Come back to when the DLC or maybe like big updates or, or whatever for Starfield. But uh, 40 hours, I love my time with it. Can't, can't complain about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. I think that for me, I hit the 40 hour mark and it's not that I don't want to go back to it. But right now there are so many other games that are coming and that are out right now. Like I still want to go back. I swear I'm getting back to Diablo 4 at some point to play the seasonal mm. content, but it's like I want to play other things. There's a Halo event going on right now. Just trying to find time outside of even just like living life as a normal human being. It's so hard to find time for all these. There are too many games this year. Like I know I've said it before. There's a lot. Yo, I'm already making lists of when for games for next year. I'm like 2024 is stacking up now. Let's Dude. like let's go. I mean, at what point do we say, like, I just can't play it. I just don't have the time, don't have the bandwidth. Like, I've got to choose something. Right now, Forza Motorsport is on the cutting board just because, like, I know what that's going to be. I don't need to play it. I know it's going to be a great racing game. Not to say that I'm, like, it could suck. I don't know. But, like, I know what I'm expecting. But with, like, Alan Wake 2, got to play that. Mm -hmm. If I had a PS5, mm -hmm. Spider-Man 2, top of the list. Like, there are so many. How do you choose? That uh, So, I know the new Star Ocean remake game that's coming out November 3rd. I'm like, that's a wait for sale for me. I like the demo. Uh, I played that this week. But I'm like, I, I can't. There's no way I'm going to have time to play that. So, uh, I'm, I'm making my choices. But I played a few other games this week I want to talk to you about. Um, Disney Illusion Island. This is... Uh, really? Yes. So I've been playing this with my girlfriend. Uh, we're co-oping. 
this game i got it on a deep sale like 20 bucks so it's like half off which i I thought was pretty good i heard some some okay things about it when it launched back in july and i would describe this as baby's first metroidvania um there's not really any like combat like you can't kill Mm -hmm. the enemies it's more about platforming and like finding stuff and and silly disney cut scenes and stuff like that um it's fun it's colorful it's not very long i apparently it's only like six hours long um and so i'm like one third of the way through it enjoying my time with it just a a slow 30 minute 40 minute game here and there with that um shout out goofy and donald though they can jump higher than everyone else apparently i don't know why no one's going on but interesting yeah yeah. um other than that the legend of nauda boundless trails i gotta talk about my full review is out on the channel now thank you to nis america for providing me a code for that game uh this is a psp port brought to the playstation 4 not even playstation 5 brought to the playstation 4 and it had the had the tra- it's part of the trail series which i love like tra- the legend of heroes trails of cold steel and all them uh this is a spin-off game doesn't seemingly have any connection to those games but it's fun for what it is if you want my full thoughts go please check out the review but it is very arcadey uh you you kind of like it's it's more about going into levels collecting as much as you can killing as much as you can getting the high score getting through it as fast as you can and less about the story and world building like the other games are so that was kind of a dis- disappointing for me it wasn't really what i was looking for but it was fun mm-hmm. it was fun enough i don't regret playing it it's only it only took me like nine hours so really not that yeah. big of a deal yeah no that's pretty and cool. sam you're gonna like this one and so will sean capri in the chat warhammer 40k space marine my man, you told me this, and then I I I made the connection of like Rog Ally and Space Marine. Uh beautiful. Love a good old game that's gonna run super well in handheld mode. Yeah, so I uh I got the I think it was Steam's 20th anniversary sale. I got the notification that was like this is eleven dollars right now. I was like, you know what that means? I'm buying it because it's normally 60, and it runs so good on my ROG Ally. I'm getting at 70 to 120 fps depending on what's going on at all times 1080p it looks beautiful everything's on high settings like i'm so good i'm i played on my pc a little bit earlier today and i'm like it looks better on my on my rog i don't know probably because a smaller screen but uh it's great man this game is so much fun i don't care about the story in the slightest but the guns are super fun. The enemies is just wave after wave of orcs. And I'm like hacking them up with hammers and axes and then sniping them. The sniper in this game. I love the there sniper in this game. It's so much fun. So whenever you're playing with the sniper in the game, does are, are you playing on the ROG or the Steam Deck? You're playing ROG. ROG. Right? ROG so yeah. Does it have gyroscopic aiming in it or no? I honestly don't know. Okay, I, know, I don't like, think so. Yeah, I know the Steam Deck touts that. I don't know if it's like compatible with the game or whatever, but it's got the Nintendo Switch kind of functionality where like if you're aiming down sight, you can move a little bit like a mouse. I don't know. Mm, no, I don't. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Um, but I mean, you're not missing out on a ton, but I, I'm totally right there with you where the Space Marine story, the only thing you need to know is like Technicus Mechanicus is is an evil guy and you need to ha- hit him with your chainsaw gun. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. all it is. It's like really official government sponsored or gears of war like that's that is warhammer marine for me Space i'm marine. i'm sitting here playing the game and having a blast like i play it on my lunch break 30 minutes every day because it's not a very long game it's like seven hours or whatever right for the campaign and i'm sitting here i'm like 
why did no one tell me that there was like another Gears of War that isn't Gears of War? Because that yeah. is what this game is. I'm just running, shooting with melee weapons. You have executions like Gears of War. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a very good underrated game. I have it on the Xbox 360. I showed that a couple of months ago when I went to Southeast Game Exchange and picked up a copy. Um, but it's on the list for me to play on the 360 because I want the achievements. And unfortunately, it's not backwards compatible. But um, mm. yeah, such a just a fun game. Looking forward to Space Marine too, just with the the scale of what they're trying to do, where you've got these giant swarms of enemies and they're all individual like um, uh, Days Gone, where it's got that technology where each of these aliens each of these monsters is independently coming after you um, i just love the fact that they're going to take the chaos and the action of space marine and, and amplify it it's so good okay, well, one last thing can i say the jetpack in this game is so much fun i love boosting into the oh, air and then ground pounding yes. everyone i will intentionally let people just surround me and then jump up and kill them all it's, that's where it's at, so man. satisfying this there's game, so much man. fun in that game dude it's oh, so yeah. good i'm glad you're enjoying it. i'm glad it runs well on the rog too that's awesome yeah sean there's a jetpack bro there's there's a jetpack you're, yeah, you'll find out areas it's yes. like it's segmented areas of the game but it, it does pop up from time to time and when you do it's like it's like whenever you get a cookie cake like it doesn't happen often but man when it does it's going down oh it hits it hits just right it's so much fun love i'm i think i'm chapter nine so i'm a little over halfway through it so i'm, nice. I'm making my way but I, i'm sitting here i'm like i don't know when the second one's coming out i know it's got three player co-op which is like really enticing to me but man can we just put it in next year like yeah nobody's, nobody's got room for i it. don't think it's coming out this year anyway i just can't imagine that at this point in the year with a, a game that big they've been they're going to announce anything yeah well we'll find out but that's all i've been playing this week man i'm having a good time lots of different games some variety in there but you want to you want to jump over to this news section because let me tell you we got some leaks to talk about um if anyone doesn't want to know what was leaked by uh microsoft themselves in court documents um you can just scroll past this there'll be timestamps um to our to our next story but if you do let's talk about it so first i'm going to start with the small leaks that came out on monday before we jump into the big ones okay because these were from the verge tom warren woke up monday morning and he literally said quote i'm gonna leak everything and he he didn't know i think what was coming the following day but he says first up Xbox seemingly has plans to add PC games to their current streaming software, while Xbox Cloud Gaming currently streams the Xbox Series X version via the cloud to users. An email sent shortly after Stadia's announcement between Sadia Nadella, Phil Spencer, Sarah Bond, and others confirmed that, at least in 2021, there were plans to use Azure servers to stream PC games from the cloud. So, how are we, uh, how are we feeling here? about pc games coming to the cloud we have the xbox version right now looks like they're looking to, to upgrade yeah i mean it depends on what this really means so like when i think about a pc game being streamed what are the specs of these pc machines that we're streaming from like is it the top end where i know like for instance nvidia geforce now has a variety of different tiers of quality you can get that basically change your gameplay experience so if you want like a 4k experience you go for the top tier of what would be their ultimate version i guess or whatever and then you can get the 720p streaming for free at certain segmented periods of time so 
It probably wouldn't translate over to what Microsoft is doing here, but are we talking about 4090 with a, you know, I, you know, nine ninety nine thousand mm -hmm. whatever, or is it something that's like a mid range? I don't know what the, you know, I, I'm, not, you know I'm sure that's a PC part. Yeah. 9,000, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I, at I9, that's where my knowledge ends. Anything 10th gen, I don't know. Um, but like what, what kind of PCs are we running here? Taking that element out of it, this opens up stuff that we might not have access to on the console side of like games that would work really well on the cloud gaming stuff that we don't currently have on Xbox being able to be streamed. I think it just opens it up to be even wider, uh, especially if it's all just one cloud gaming library and you don't have to pick what version you're streaming and it just works. That's what I think they should go for. My first thought with this was would if you, if your cloud streaming works really well, which it, it does for me every time I use it, I've had nothing but really good experiences with Xbox Cloud Gaming. What would there be incentive to play the console version? I'm thinking of something like Starfield where if you get a high end top of the line PC on those on those servers, right? They're running it at 60 FPS, maybe higher depending on on what you're doing. Why would I choose to play the 30 FPS version on my natively on my Series X versus if cloud gaming is working really well for me over that version? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's a super good point. And I mean, even thinking about like if you're talking about console streaming, maybe there's something where they limit the version of the game you can get based on where you are. So if it recognizes you're logging in from an Xbox, you can't access the PC version or something like that. Like that mm. might be the, the workaround for them or, you know, there are a number of limitations that could come up. But keep in mind, we're still waiting on like mouse and keyboard support for streaming cloud games from the browser. So who knows how far out this PC stuff is from actually being a reality that's actionable, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were supposed to be able to stream our entire library, even off of the ones not on Game Pass, and that still hasn't come to, to fruition. So yeah. I don't even know if this is ever happening, but let's keep rolling because uh, Elder Scrolls 6 is all but confirmed to be exclusive, Sam, in a chart provided to the FTC regarding Xbox's approach to exclusives following the Bethesda acquisition. Elder Scrolls 6 is listed as 2026 or later and only Xbox and PC, the same as Starfield and Redfall. Are you shocked? I saw people acting like this was the first time ever that we got this news. I feel like for me, this is not necessarily shocking, but I can't say that I fully expected this like it was just going to be happening out of the gate just because with Redfall and Starfield, they're two brand new IP. And we see Phil Spencer going on these shows talking about how each thing is handled individually. They'll assess on a game by game basis. So far, it's been pretty much like every new thing. We're, we're, we're just all exclusives. And I don't know if that was just him beating around the bush or if he knows there are other things that are coming that are going to be multi-plat. But um, yeah, with Elder Scrolls 6, it just feels kind of strange that, I don't know. Like, I know I knew this was probably going to be the case, but to see it in writing, to see it confirmed on their timeline, uh, just really shows like they've learned, if they didn't already know, the value of a good exclusive. And I think that Starfield hitting that 10 million player count, which we might talk about in the show, um, you know, seeing that success of these games coming right out of the gate as new IP, that's just going to reinforce like, all right, Elder Scrolls can do that and then some. So I, it makes sense. Yeah. So I've, I've said for a while now, um, probably a year plus that I'm pretty confident single player games are going to be exclusive to Xbox and PC going forward. And I think 
this is how I've always interpreted that quote that gets brought up when Phil, when they bought Bethesda, is like legacy content or like we're committed to keeping that there. And everyone was like, Elder Scrolls of Fallout. I was like, guys, he's talking about games that are already on the platform. Right. They're going to keep supporting it. Elder Scrolls Online, Fallout 76. They're bringing... They're doing remasters like uh, you see like the Quake 2, right? That came out and everything. So that brings up the question for me. Which, maybe we'll talk about it later when we get to some other stuff. But like are remasters off the table? Uh, do, do remasters of future games get brought to these other consoles? I've always thought Elder Scrolls 6, the next Fallout game, was going to be exclusive. I don't think this is a big shock for me. I think it's a good move business-wise to drive people to your platform, uh, especially like you see what Starfield did, where you mentioned 10 million players already in, in what, two, two three weeks? Two weeks? Yeah. Two weeks. Elder Scrolls is undoubtedly bigger than Starfield, right? So you get Elder Scrolls Six. People see it's exclusive. Like, imagine the bump that's going to get you. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's right on the money. And you mentioned Quake. I think that even just thinking about it from a business point of view, which some of the emails that came out talked a very in-depth amount about, like how much they're willing to pay to have a game on Game Pass, for example, and they're, mm -hmm. they're really having these financial conversations. And so thinking about how much money Starfield is going to make versus how much money a Quake 2 remaster slash remake hybrid kind of thing is going to make. At that point, Quake 2 would not have turned a profit. I don't know how much money went into the development of that, but they're not going to be able to make a, a ton of money if they keep, keep it exclusive to Xbox and PC. They'll make a good bid, but to open that up to other platforms for a smaller project like that makes a lot of sense versus Elder Scrolls where they know it's going to print money. They know Starfield's going to print money. They know Bethesda in general is going to print money. Um, it just doesn't make sense for them to keep it locked down or uh, opened up, I should say, to other platforms when they could still make the money and build that brand affinity with Xbox. Mm -hmm. uh, spam in the chat says, for actual story con continuations specifically, not being able to continue or conclude the story of Doom, Dishonored, Wolfenstein is nothing but a bummer. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it does suck for PlayStation fans. Like, <laughs> we're not going to sugarcoat that. Yeah, totally. Um, but it is the reality of business when you buy something you can do what you want with it. And I don't think, I don't think people can be upset about them making business decisions, but they can be disappointed about not getting those games. Yeah, no, I, I think that it, 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 I hate to be like that, but it is what it is. I mean, I totally agree that it sucks whenever you have something that you're a huge fan of and then you're not able to complete that. But I mean, on the bright side, we don't know what the future of Doom looks like. Like, will Doom be an exclusive, even though we know that's going to sell tons and tons of copies everywhere it lands, just because Doom is on that same level for a lot of people of like a Call of Duty, where when Doom lands, you know it's going to be good. Um, I mean, not every Call of Duty is good. I, I think know. Doom, I don't know the multiplayer numbers for Doom. Like, if Doom multiplayer is like right like is that big enough to I justify I no no i don't think that's too big i've never played it so i was like do people actually play this mode like if it's something they can make money off of then maybe they could justify yeah. that but i don't know i mean i i do still think it's going to be a case-by-case -case basis i mean you know looking at the, the ideas of things like doom wolfenstein i easily see that being an xbox exclusive mm -hmm. uh, especially at the point that i guess Young Bloods was your Young Blood was the most recent entry in Wolfenstein. I don't know where the BJ Blasquiz story kind of ended with two. I played it, but it's been years. Um, yeah, I mean, no matter how you cut it, if the story is continuing and it's just on Xbox, huge inconvenience. But I mean, you know, they said it from the beginning. If you want to play Xbox games, you got to buy an Xbox or play it on PC or stream it. Yeah, whatever. Anywhere Game Pass is. All right. 
Let's keep it rolling because Tuesday morning, we woke up to possibly the biggest Xbox leak ever with information ranging from hardware to games and more being shared. Before we get into any of that, I do want to say Phil Spencer put out a message regarding all this. He says, quote, we've seen the conversation around old emails and documents. It is hard to see our team's work shared in this way because so much has changed and there's so much to be excited about right now and in the future. We will share the real plans when we are ready. So going forward, I want everyone to keep in mind that anything we discuss here is not set in stone. There is no guarantee any or all of this will happen but it is interesting to talk about hypotheticals, potentials, just seeing what's going on. All right. Any, anything you need want to add to that, Sam? Did I cover it? No, I think that the only thing that I want to add is just that it's a bummer when this kind of stuff happens. And I made a post about it earlier and it's like, on one hand, I don't want to talk about it because it's not reflective of what we're going to be getting. And it's not really a reflection of what the team wants us to know right now. So it's almost like taking your lasagna out of the oven 15 minutes after you put it in and expecting a full dinner. Like, no, it's going to be cold. It's going to be gross. And so like, that's kind of the way that I see these leaks coming out early. But at the same time, if we don't talk about it here on this show and we just talk about what's coming out of TGS this week, then we're just putting our heads in the sand. And so it's an unfortunate situation. But like I said at the beginning, if we're taking this seriously and we're talking about the gaming industry we've got to cover this news so um that's kind of my take on it sorry phil but let's get into it <laughs> let's get into it indeed so first up microsoft plans to refresh the xbox series x console in 2024 but not with more power instead with an all digital xbox series x that increases the ssd to two terabytes gives the console a cylinder shape and an all new immersive controller that will add wanted features like haptic feedback rechargeable battery gyro quieter buttons and more so i think this is one of the biggest announcements uh, because we've heard them talk about we're not doing a mid-gen refresh and i think this is i've seen people call this the the mid-gen refresh and when i think of mid-gen refreshes i think more power this is more of just a redesign for the console in my opinion um but for me the big thing i'm not here is that controller right Yes. Yeah. The controller looks very, very interesting. Personally, hate the color scheme mm -hmm. of it. Do not mm -hmm. like the Oreo mm -hmm. look. Not a fan of that. Got the Starbucks black and white cookie look to it. Nah, not a fan. Um, but going back to the console first, I think we're at a very transitional point where this is almost going to be a test of if we put out a digital mainline Xbox that isn't the cheaper model, that isn't the entry level model, will people adopt it? And let's throw in double the storage space on this so people really can feel unbridled in installing their games and playing them. And if this is a success, which I assume that it will be just as successful as any other Xbox, because a lot of people don't care about physical games, um, that could be the confirmation they need of all right next one's going to be all digital no disk drive nothing and i've seen people talk about it online mm -hmm. they can easily implement the usb plug where you just use a usb c and on the front and you can play your physical games i think that's the direction we're going with this so uh yeah the console revision is not a big deal for me cylindrical looks like a trash can it looks so bad I'm, it looks i just have bad. to say it i do not like the new design I, I, whether they keep it or not is something we'll have to wait right. and see but man, my first reaction was that is ugly. Like that looks like the um, the Wi-Fi extender on my that plugs into my router behind my TV. I was like, that's what that's what it looks like. The PS5 looks like the router, and then this looks like the thing next to it. Yeah, I mean, it 
I don't have a huge problem with it, but just thinking functionally, like, are these mock-ups? I know everybody was like, oh, there's a $99 handheld included in one of the the mock-ups or this uh, PowerPoint presentation that leaked. Yeah, and, and they were, we're like, this is, this is the first time we're seeing the Xbox handheld. Listen, homeboy, that thing was copied and pasted from like a generic, like, this is what a gaming handheld looks like. I don't know if this is real or not. It could just be Photoshopped onto literally a Mac Pro. I don't know what this thing is going to be, but um yeah it's going to be weird to see what the future looks like but that controller i mean do you want to talk more about the controller do you have more details in the notes on it yeah i can pull up more details about the i only included the general notes that it was adding kind of like the uh the dual sense features right so yes me... i mean the big thing here i can just speak to it a little bit while you look it up if you want to but it's got, yeah, I got, like I got it said. right here you said haptic feedback, rechargeable battery, which is big, gyro, quieter buttons, and thumbsticks as well. But the big thing is the cloud feature. Did you see the cloud feature on this? Yeah, here we go. I'm pulling. I'm bringing it up on, on screen. So right here, it's got the uh, over on the uh, top left where it says play anywhere. It's got Xbox wireless to Bluetooth, all that good stuff, which is upgraded. But direct to cloud. So this is taking a page out of Google Stadia's playbook where instead of having to go connect to your Xbox, which is then transmitting your button inputs to the cloud. This connects directly to the Azure servers. So hypothetically, this could lower the latency time to where streaming a game like Call of Duty, once this acquisition closes from the cloud to your Xbox or any other device, should feel more one-to-one comparable to what an Xbox would feel like. That's a big deal. And that shows a lot of commitment to the cloud if they're shaping a whole controller feature around that. I think that's that's pretty big. I think one I think that's a, a common trend we've seen in a lot of these documents, where some that we'll talk about and some that we won't, is it they were very focused on cloud in these documents. They really were like, we're gonna have this this controller, that we expect this much growth in our cloud business, um, which kind of goes against what we heard during the trial where they were like, cloud is just a subsection. We it's not like a main part of the business, right? Like that that is the um that's what they kept telling us to get the ABK deal through, whether that's true or not, whether they, they believe that remains to be seen. But I like all this for the controller. I think people personally, I don't mind the current controller. I would have been fine waiting until, until the next gen for a new controller. Okay. But I think the dual sense really got under some people's skin and really were like xbox you got to do more like playstation innovated on their controller right and i like my dual sense i think it's the only good playstation controller if i'm being honest um so i'm i'm happy if they add those kind of features those are the big ones for me i don't know how much the other stuff i even understand or will use um yeah but change this color scheme this is ugly yeah well they also had on that timeline where they are going to be adding this into the um to the design studio so you're going to be able to make your own color scheme i don't know if it's going to have the black white combo the bottom left here immersion it says uh mm -hmm. vca haptics double as speakers gonna need more info on that because are you telling me this is going to be like the dual sense where or even the dual shock 4 where it like talks to me like if somebody's coming through the radio am i going to feel that in my grip or like what exactly is going on there but um i agree with you i think that my hope for the next xbox the 2028 one that leaked a little bit I want it to feel more of a leap forward because like when you boot up a PS5 for the first time, you're like, okay, this is something new. It's got a new controller, new console, mm -hmm. new UI. You boot up the Xbox Series X for day one in 2020, and it feels pretty much the same as booting up your Xbox Just One faster. X the day before. Like it's a little bit faster. You've got quick resume. 
and there's a share button on the controller now. That was pretty much it. Like it was the same exact UI. So I would like a bigger leap forward for the next one. The only time I've liked the PlayStation 5 talking to me is when I played Bug Snacks, because every time you catch a Bug Snack, you get its little voice coming out of the controller. Bunger, 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 bunger. So, you know. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll bring that fan requested feature to the new Xbox controller with Bug Snacks <laughs> once that launches. All right. Well, let's let's keep rolling. We got plenty more leaks here to talk about. So we already knew Xbox planned to launch their next console in 2028. But thanks to these leaks, we have more information about the plans. Xbox states, quote, our vision, develop a next generation hybrid game platform capable of leveraging the combined power of the client and cloud to deliver deeper immersion and entirely new classes of game experiences. Apparently, Xbox imagined you'd play these games using the power of a $99 gadget, perhaps a handheld, and Xbox Cloud Gaming together. The roadmap provided in the documents say the hardware design would begin this year with dev kits arriving in 2027. However, projects like Keystone are also listed, and that was the Cloud Gaming stick, um, and we know that that has not panned out, so they could shift strategy. Sam? You might understand this more than me, but what are they even trying to say here? Develop a new generation hybrid game platform. So for me, what this means, and again, like we're going off of a handful of PowerPoint presentations. For me, what this means is instead of relying fully on the console itself to do all the processing of these things and to put out this resolution, the frame rate, the textures, everything that it needs to make the game look good, it would couple a powerful console, which could function on its own at the at or above the Series X level, which would obviously be above because we're talking about 2027, 2028. Um, it would take that power of the console and then it would couple that with the power of Azure servers to where mm. instead of it just having to do all of it, it's got a little bit more beefiness from the cloud. But obviously that relies on the constant internet connectivity, not having a dropped connection, having a powerful connection. Um, the question is, how much is it relying on the cloud? Like, are we talking about cloud kind of filling in the gaps with some of the textures, maybe allowing for DLSS, where you've got super sampling that takes less powerful hardware and upscales it through the power of AI? Um, lots of questions like that. But the $99 gadget being able to run full Xbox games sounds really interesting. And to clarify, because I've seen some like confusion online, they aren't necessarily saying it's going to be their $99 handheld. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not necessarily an Xbox handheld. It could be the equivalent of like, let's say Backbone comes out with a full little Kindle That's Fire. I really thought Backbone yeah. Razor Kishi. Right. Like one of those things where you can pick it up at Target for 90 bucks on sale. And then all of a sudden you're logging in playing cloud games. Um, it could effectively become that. So this is where I think Phil's statement comes in, where they say we're excited to share things when we're ready. The plans have changed and it's unfortunate things are early. I think that, like you said, the comments during the trial with the FTC where they're like, hey, cloud is a fraction of the user base. We aren't we're barely turning profit on some of these things. Mm -hmm. I think all of that combined with not only the aversion to having like a digital only console, but the aversion to digital games as the only way to play. I mean, that might be a, a vocal minority, but it just doesn't feel like people are ready to even think about a, a cloud hybrid console. That's a turnoff. That that right there is kind of how I'm reading it as well. Not only are people not ready for it, but I don't think that 
the infrastructure of the United States is ready for it. Like if you're going to require everyone to have some sort of constant internet connection to even play their basic games because you've integrated like cloud streaming into the games themselves, I don't know if that works for a lot of people, especially in like the middle of the country where internet infrastructure is not very good. Like they're, they're like, Oh, I got 15 megabytes down, right? Like they cannot handle that kind of stuff. They're, there are places that still rely heavily on being able to do the physical games, which is why when we were talking about the, the digital series X, I'm like, okay, um, that's for new adopters that want that you have the current series X, if you don't want that. And then I do think like, no matter what, there's always going to be the option to plug a USB disc thing into it. Like Sony is rumored to be doing right. Um, this though, like, I read that 99 gadget. My first thought, Razer Kishi. They even had the little mock-up, and I was like, that looks like our like the Razer oh, Kishi yeah. backbone thing. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, is was this their original plan? And things have shifted to realizing like, hey, cloud isn't going to progress as much as we thought. So maybe we're, they're just gonna do more of a traditional console. And then the handheld aspect, you know, we've talked about them investing in things like the the ROG Ally, the Lenovo Legion Go, like maybe those could be the companions that would work with something like this if they did go this route in the future, along with your things like the backbone that you can grab for $99. It could be a wide plethora of things. Totally, yeah. And I think that when it comes down to it, there's also the competition aspect as well, where it could easily, very easily be a repeat of what happened with the PS4 and Xbox One generation, where if Xbox comes out on, you know, Summer Game Fest 2028 or 2020, whatever they announce this thing, and let's say PlayStation's lining their announcement up the next day, and Xbox comes out and they say, we've got a cloud hybrid game console Unfortunately, it's going to be always online, but you're going to get slightly better frame rates. And then PlayStation comes out and it's just a game console that people understand, are familiar mm -hmm. with, and are able to like process what that's going to look like financially, infrastructure-wise. Like That could be a disaster level if players across the board aren't doing the exact same thing. Because having that difference and leap of faith into the technology that hasn't really proven it's worth yet, um, people, people aren't going to like that at all this you know what this reminds me of is the xbox one press conference where totally. everyone heard about like always online drm right and they they just heard these words and then got scared so like it killed the xbox one right off the bat like they didn't have a chance even after they backtracked on some of those things so if you don't market something like this that's new that could possibly scare consumers away if you don't market that correctly you're dead in the water again which I think is a big risk as opposed to the competition whom it probably will be more likely to just say, here's the PlayStation six. It's, yeah. it's going to play the new God of war, the new last of us, the new uncharted, like the, the heavy hitters. And most gamers will be like, that's all I'm looking for. Yeah. And I mean, I think also just from a personal reflection, like we were talking before the show, I've been putting out a ton of content talking about these leaks on TikTok, reels, YouTube, and all that stuff. And people don't care about the technology. Like we care about it because we're talking about it on an Xbox podcast and the tech community cares about it. But random dude going to Walmart looking for what his next game console is going to be. They want to see the games that they're going to be playing and they want to see them at a fidelity that they enjoy. Like he wants to be able to see like 4K 60. All right, sick. For a Looks price great. that they can yeah. afford. Yeah, and price is a big part too. So like $399, $499, that kind of tier. 
Um, you, they don't care about cloud hybrid using the power of Azure. Like these are all just Nadella's talking points during a press conference. Normal people don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to get those games, continue making good games, but figure out what that messaging looks like because you got to figure out how to sell that next gen. Yeah, I don't think I included it in here, but there's some article that was saying like 75% of Xbox sales in the EU are Series S. So yeah. that only further cements your point where it's like, People just want the cheap option to play totally. the games at a decent looking <laughs> frame rate and resolution, right? Yeah. Yeah. People, ju- people literally just want to play games and anything mm-hmm. beyond that is us just getting too into the weeds with it. Yeah. I've, I've tried to explain that to people where I'm um, like fidelity or quality mode is the preferred option for most gamers. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, the majority of people don't even open the options like they just play the game and it is what it is. Like I know Forza Horizon has a performance and a quality mode. Everybody else just sees a car game. You know, that that's the way that it is for a lot of people that aren't listening to this podcast and that aren't in these conversations. Trophy room. Shout out, Joe. Uh, you're telling me the terror flips and skips don't matter. That's what I'm telling you. That's that's, that's what, what we're saying. That's why the Switch has sold uh, 137 million units, and that thing runs like a potato most of the time. So Yeah, and the next one's going to sell just as much as long as it's not a weird Switch U. We'll see what happens. Well, speaking of Nintendo, we got a leaked email from Phil Spencer. Uh, Apparently, he would like to buy Nintendo dot 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 in the future. So in an email exchange from August 2020, keep that in mind, everyone. Phil Spencer, and this is a long one, was discussing acquisitions with two marketing executives. Phil Spencer wrote to Takashi, I totally agree that Nintendo is the prime asset for us in gaming and uh, gaming today. Gaming is our most likely path to consumer relevance. I've had numerous conversations with the LT of Nintendo about tighter collaboration and feel like if any U.S. company would have a chance with Nintendo, we're probably in the best position. The unfortunate or fortunate for Nintendo case situation is that Nintendo is sitting on a big pile of cash. They have a board of directors that until recently have not pushed for further increases in market growth or stock appreciation. I say until recently, our former Microsoft Board of Director member Value Act has been heavily acquiring shares in Nintendo, and I've kept in touch with Mason Morfitt as he's been acquiring. It's likely he will be pushing for more from Nintendo stock, which could create opportunities for us. Without that catalyst, I don't see an angle in a near-term, mutually agreeable merger of Nintendo and Microsoft, and I don't think a hostile action would be a good move, so we're playing the long game. But our board has seen the full write-up on Nintendo and Valve. People... I want to point that out. People do not notice that he says and Valve in this email. And they are fully support on either if opportunity arises, as am I. Confidentially, we have two act, uh, fairly active MA discussions in gaming right now, Warner Brothers and ZeniMax. I took ZeniMax to the board last week. Prior to the board discussion, I asked Amy and Sadia if they wanted me to slow either or both given the TikTok discussions, and they both emphatically told me no. They're fine doing all three if these deals make sense. I won't say Warner Brothers or Zeni is Nintendo, but both are for sale and getting by, uh, <laughs> and gettable by us if things align. Biggest obstance, uh, obstacle... In Warner Brothers is IP ownership. We wouldn't own any of the IP, which hurts long-term flexibility. And only obstacle on Zenimax is valuation expectations of the founders. But I think it's likely one or both of these happen, which will help us continue to double down on gaming relevance. To give a scale, a sense of scale, Zenimax is about to the size of our current first-party studios, so doubling our assets. Downsize is it's more core, less broad, not mobile, more North American Europe. I love this discussion and value you looking at opportunities here at 
at some point, getting Nintendo would be a career moment, and I honestly believe a good move for both companies. It's just taking a long time for Nintendo to see their future exist off of their own hardware. A long time, dot, 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 smiley face. How are we feeling? I love the fact that in the second paragraph when he started, uh, Phil says, confidentially, we have to fairly, yeah. <laughs> it's like actively being read on every podcast and shared on Wario 64. Um, no, but I think that this is the corporate speak of like pie in the sky. What would you want to happen? And of course, you're going to want to acquire one of the big players. Like if you went to Jim Ryan and said, hey, do you want to buy the Xbox section of Microsoft? Yeah, he does. Anybody wants the big competitors because the more you have under your roof, the more money you make. Um, will it happen? No. Number one, like Phil says, big pile of cash. But number two, I said it on Twitter, Nintendo has made a money machine. It is literally printing cash with the IP they have, with hardware that is affordable for people. And there is no end in sight. They literally can't screw it up. Now, I say that. We look back at the Wii U. We don't talk about the Wii U. They had good games, just really about hardware. Um, I also love the smiley face. Very good call out there. But uh, there's no reason for Nintendo to sell. Um, and I know that I was listening to KFGD earlier this week from Kind of Funny, and they were like, during the Wii U, towards the end of that, eh, maybe. I kind of see that. But there's no point now because they're doing really, really well. So uh, even though this email is from a couple of years ago, Nintendo has been killing it since 2020 and well before. So... Yeah, I think this is just aspirational speak, but it's also interesting. They wanted to buy uh, Warner Bros, mm -hmm. Cinemax, which they did. Uh, Nintendo and TikTok is also thrown in there. Like they're like, hey, any big relevant company, make them an offer, send them a check. Let me know. Let me know. I remember discussing the Warner Brothers rumors way back when they were happening. And it seems to me like, I mean, that we know from the email, they had the green light to go ahead with the Warner Brothers and Zenimax if the deals made sense. I think ultimately, if we had to look at Warner Brothers, I think the IP ownership really probably killed the deal. Um, just judging by what Phil's saying here, we know Zenimax went through and I saw someone quote the Zenimax originally thought they wanted 10 billion and then we got they got them for 7.5. I don't know if that's true or not, but people were, were pointing that out there. The Nintendo one, I think is is pretty laughable it reminds me of the xbox uh documentary where they were like oh we went to nintendo in 2000 and they laughed us out of the room and i was like you know if you went to nintendo in 2023 they'd still laugh you out of the room because yeah. even in 2020 the switch was killing it totally. i i don't understand like maybe this is just the nicest way phil can put it to say hey Nintendo, not going to happen unless they somehow go out of the hardware business, which isn't going to happen anytime soon, which I, the Switch obviously proves that. If their next console is another unmitigated disaster like the Wii U, then maybe Microsoft's like, hey, maybe we can make a partnership here. Do I think Microsoft ever acquires them? No way in hell would regulators ever allow that. They can barely get Activision Blizzard across the line you think they're going to be like oh nintendo yeah we'll sign off on that one yeah no no way i think i think that obviously right now they're going at i think that these were this was probably a precursor to the discussions around activision blizzard if not a part of it like there are multiple different email threads of like all right so what's on our wish list this year and so they're going through and they're like all right we've got 
Nintendo and everybody's like, ha, okay, what else? Um, and then they get down the list all the way to like Warner Brothers, Activision, Zenimax, th- those kind of things. And so those they're, they're probably narrowing down the list of things they're going after. But yeah, Nintendo is not in the running at all. I just don't. I no. never see that happening. Do not foresee that ever. I mean, Nintendo has been around since they were a card company in the 1800s. Like they're not mm-hmm. going to sell to Microsoft whenever they don't even have a foothold in that. Nah, not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, Ghostly March in the chat pointed out the Switch may end up being the number one selling console of all time by the end of everything. Certainly yeah. could be. Um, I think what this does open up is the fact that Phil Spencer wants to have some sort of relationship with Nintendo. We've long heard the rumors of Microsoft wants Game Pass over on the Switch, right? Like we we know that they've signed that 10-year deal for Call of Duty and Activision Blizzard games. Like I think Phil really wants some sort of in with Nintendo. They Maybe they don't see them as a competitor in the space, despite what they tell the FTC. But that'd be wild to me if, if they actually were like, we can we will work together against Sony. I mean, I feel like Phil wants to be everywhere. Like if PlayStation wants Game Pass, they can have it. If Nintendo wants Game Pass, they can have it. The more routes to make money for Microsoft, they'll go for it. Um, yeah. How, how would you feel? I've heard because I've heard that from numerous people and I'm not saying Phil doesn't want it. But how would you feel if Game Pass went to PlayStation? I mean, I would want to know what the experience is for PlayStation people. Like, is it going to be cloud streaming? Are you mm-hmm. literally able? To, I mean, I would assume it would have to be cloud streaming. And at that point, it's kind of a question of why and who. Like, are you really going to pay for Game Pass to stream from your console that's a PlayStation console that can already play a lot, a lot of the games that are on Game Pass natively? I just don't know what that would look like. Um but personally like i wouldn't be mad about it in the same way that i'm not mad about people that choose to play on pc or if it's a cross-platform game like i'm not mad that people choose to play fifa on xbox versus playstation um you know the more people playing more games if that's how they want to experience the game then go for it but i just don't i can't imagine it's going to be the best version of the game you could play can i get trophies <laughs> says joe in the chat um, best i can do, do some achievements in gamer score ach- achievements i imagine you'd log into your xbox profile on your playstation and and get some some, some achievements but um i'm always thinking about that and i was because i'm i'm there i'm like if they put ga- the entirety of game pass right there's really no reason to buy an xbox because you'd have playstation and then you could have all the game pass games on playstation if it was native if it's cloud or a curated section then i kind of would be more okay with it but the only way i'd like if xbox was like we're done with consoles then i can understand them being like it's going to switch it's going to playstation other than that it just doesn't work in my brain yeah and even then like it's going to playstation it's going to consoles things like that like wouldn't they just put their games and publish them on other platforms like i'm sure playstation would love to have halo an Xbox game published on PlayStation. Like I, they would probably just go native like that, but I think it makes more sense for them to expand those TV lineups. And like, they've got, if they're talking about cloud, keep on with the Samsung partnerships, build one with Roku where every Roku TV has Xbox built into it, where you can just stream it, hook up a Bluetooth controller and rock with it. Because even if you have a PlayStation, you've got to have a TV to play the PlayStation on. And the majority of TVs, if not every TV you buy today, already has those smart apps built into it so like just keep doing that mm-hmm. 
Well, let's keep rolling here because uh, next we got the Bethesda game release calendar uh, as part of these documents. So we now have an idea of games potentially coming from Bethesda in the future as their title release schedule has leaked. According to the schedule, next year we should be getting Indiana Jones, an Oblivion remaster, ESO expansion, and Starfield DLC. The year after, we'll see Doom Year Zero and DLC, Project Kestrel, ESO expansion and project platinum the last documented year list elder scrolls project kestel expansion licensed ip game fallout 3 remaster eso expansion ghostwire tokyo sequel dishonored 3 and doom year zero dlc all these dates are obviously scheduled to change these weren't even the, this is my best estimate estimation by the way because none of the dates were correct on the leak document like starfield was supposed to come out in like 2021 or something yeah. so this could be a few years off but i if this all holds we have an idea of what bethesda has in the pipeline yeah i mean it's a solid lineup i'm gonna be real with you i'm very excited about what's coming i know that i put out a video on it and dishonor 3 was a big one that people were like okay like let's get back to the roots we're not doing any more redfall stuff just going all in on dishonored um love the idea of doom year zero don't know what that looks like but more doom you know makes me happier glad to see that uh, and then the mystery projects are exciting for me like what is castrol what is platinum what is yeah all this you know who knows what those are going to look like but bethesda's got some stuff cooking over there clearly very exciting and ghostwire yeah, tokyo love that i i was pleasantly surprised to see a ghostwire tokyo sequel was planned because i think that game is pretty good and i would love to see them build upon it dishonored is a game i've never played i know uh my brother loves the first two um he's he's a big fan of that doom year zero i'm here for after doom eternal i'm in on that uh, fallout 3 remaster i think is a big one for people i think uh, it'd be a disservice not to talk about fallout 3 because we i've long been like how are they going to get fallout out the door because they have starfield we know elder scrolls 6 is next where does this leave fallout and that timeline would be 2030s at the earliest for a next new fallout game is fallout 3 remaster enough to hold people over for possibly a decade uh, I mean, what does it look like? Are we talking about Fallout 3 and the Fallout 4 engine? Are we talking about Fallout 3 and Creation Engine 2? Um, you know, are we talking about a Fallout 3 remake by like maybe published by Bethesda, but put out by a third party? Like there are so many ifs and what ifs about this one. Um, it's kind of hard to say, but I, I mean, Fallout 3 holding people over for a decade. I don't know about that one. That's a that's a whole lot. But mm -hmm. I think what they should really do is just double down on Fallout seventy six content. That's what Ooh, they. That's, that's what. Like, they, that's yeah, what they yeah. Need. That's what you're banking on, huh? Wow. Well, okay. No, I'm kidding. Please don't send me angry emails. I would. I want to know what these hidden projects are. There was another project listed in here. I didn't include because it was uh, in one of the earlier years, and that was Hi-Fi Rush. Like if you Google it, it comes up as Hi-Fi Rush now. Oh, so, okay. Um, that one did come out. If anyone's looking at the actual slides oblivion remaster i think we talked about a few weeks ago yeah that that rumor. Yeah, so that one looks seemingly to be a, a an accurate rumor and they're continuing with the eso expansions for the next few years so i don't know i think this is a good pipeline i'm excited to see what's coming they have a, apparently another licensed ip game outside of indiana jones what is that like i have no idea yeah who knows i mean that's the fun thing is that while these leaks show a lot of what's potentially coming there's also a lot of like what are these things that are still tbd so um i'm excited to see more of it i do wish that 
I don't know, like Fallout 3 and, and Oblivion remasters are one thing. I feel like Oblivion is getting to the point. It still holds up well, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it's like, why not remake it? Put a little bit more resources behind it and kind of make it feel... With Fallout 3, I guess it's a little bit more difficult because Fallout has a specific feel, and the same could be said for Elder Scrolls, but it's just like, will it feel antiquated and old, and will it really do what it needs to? I don't know. Yeah, and will it be better than the playing it through backwards compatibility and getting those yeah. Series X FPS boot? Like, is is it going to be better than what we can do right now? Yeah, is, there, it, is it going to be a Quake 2, or is it going to be like a real remaster where it's like, you know, actually a big improvement? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, last thing I want to talk about from the leaks, uh, we got an idea of Game Pass potential costs. One of the leak emails between Phil Spencer and Sarah Bond highlighted how they choose third-party games for Game Pass and gave us an idea of the cost to put these on the service. So I want to pull this up um, over on... that's not what I want. It's over on Imger. Imger. I never know how to say this website name. I think it's Imager. Imager. That makes way more sense. Yeah. I could be wrong. Who knows? So here's the, uh, the the email, and here over here we get an idea of how they they rank the games. First of all, I thought it was very interesting. We can just go to the slide um, by unlike likely to close, low to medium, wow factor. I thought that was a really funny one. Like, is it, will people be excited about this? And then they have notes, and some of these notes I don't understand, like the hours. I'm not sure what that means. I like that they're wild cards. The uh, like, what could potentially get in the way of this deal? But these were some of the ones they were looking at. So we got Lego Star Wars, which we know did come to the service at some point, and they expected to pay $35 million for that game. That's wild. And this is, is this day and date? Um, time, did it come out in April 2022? Because if, yeah, day, day and date. Yeah, so wait, like, day and date plus 180. So these are estimations. Yeah, so like, man, I mean, obviously we're talking about very popular games that are driving a ton of revenue. I get that. But just thinking conceptually about 30 Five million was it for Lego Star Wars? Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, that is a ton of money. Are you going to effectively be able to make thirty-five million dollars off of including Lego Star Wars and Game Pass? Like, what's paying for this? I don't, I don't understand because I know, like, we know that it's making a ton of money, but is Game Pass subsidizing the cost of this to that degree? Well, I think we've we've had the idea that Microsoft is taking a loss leading position on this, right? Like they have to be hemorrhaging money at some point. Like I know Game Pass makes hundreds of millions a year if everyone's or a month if they're paying paying full price. And we I think we just saw they make sixteen billion in in revenue every year. Xbox are like the fourth highest, so that's a lot of money. But if you're dishing out this kind of cash all the time for third-party games day and date or not even day and date for some of these you're going to burn through that really fast which is again goes back to my point game passes future first party and smaller double a indie titles yeah i just i mean again we're talking about dying light 2 50 million it's not even like conceptually in my realm of reason to be able to think about spending this much money in my lifetime like mm-hmm. like that this is literally the like the cost of of getting Lego Star Wars on Game Pass is how much money it's going to take to keep me alive until I'm 250 years old. Like it, it's not even in my realm of reason. Um, but I just 
I don't have any other comment on it because I literally am speechless. Like it's so much money to get these games on the service. And some of them are like, not even things that are going to make a ton of cash. I just don't, I, I don't understand. Like Dragon Ball, the breakers that failed live service, uh, I, asymmetric multiplayer game from Bandai Namco apparently would have cost them 20, 20 million to put on the service. Yeah. I, it's insane. Not worth it. Not worth it personally. Um, what I do like right here. I don't know if you've seen this red dead redemption Two uh, day and date for gen nine. So they're looking at, uh, did they just leak that red dead redemption two is getting a native series X and PS five port. I mean, I would hope so. It's about time. Five million a month, apparently. <laughs> rookie numbers. I mean, like, what does that look like for? I mean, it's sixty million dollars a year for Red Dead Two. Mm -hmm. That's that seems like we're talking about Take Two, probably in the realm of reason. Like they'd probably sign on for that, especially since this is like the second run. Um, but still, just like exponential amount of money for stuff like Wreckfest Two which is in the 10 to $14 million range down there at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, what? Then Baldur's Gate 3, grossly underestimated, which Yo. the devs commented, <laughs> and they were like, we get it. They, they, they also didn't expect to be as good as they are, but like $5 million for Baldur's Gate, dude. Let's they switch called, those two. They called Baldur's Gate 3 a second-run Stadia PC RPG. I don't know what no, it means, but it sounds offensive. Like I know it does sound offensive. I think there was like clarification. I think Jess Gordon put it out, and it's all perception. Like they could mean anything by it, but it it literally was meant to be a Stadia game, and then Stadia mm. flopped. And it's like this is it literally its second run as far as a release goes. This one I like. Gotham Knights is actually listed on here, and yes. expected fifty million to ask and. Day and I think that means day and date plus not like does that mean it'd be 140 for day and date for them? We know Gotham Knights is coming. Oh, actually, we don't because we haven't talked about it, but Gotham Knights is coming next week or something to Game Pass, yeah. which is a while after launch. But did you think they paid anywhere near 50 million? I would say probably not after the nah. reception of that game. Absolutely not. I think that if this land, I think that maybe what happened is like they came and they said, All right, we we're interested in Game Pass. They came back and they were probably like well, if you wanted it launch, it's going to be 85 million. And then they held off and then the reviews came out and now they're coming back like a year later and they say, how about 12? How's 12 million sound? I like I like this second slide because these are a lot of the big upcoming ones. Like yes. the new AC game, 100 million. Suicide Squad, 250. Where do you get off WB? That's wild. Yeah. And by the way, the Assassin's Creed Rift, that is Mirage. That was yes. the code name for Mirage. Yes. So with the expected partner ask of a hundred million dollars, I mean, for a for a fifty dollar Assassin's Creed title that was based on a DLC that just spun off into its own thing, that's a ton of money. Mm -hmm. Uh it's Jedi Survivor, 300 million. Expected I mean, partner you're, paying, you're paying George Lucas, you're paying Disney, you're paying EA and you're paying EA's partners. Like that's a lot of money to get a Jedi game on your service. And even then, like, is it I, that that probably would be worth it. But for 300 million, you're pushing it. Mortal Kombat, they also expected 250. That's crazy. So, like, obviously, a lot of these deals did not go through, probably mm -hmm. because Xbox was like, we can't afford <laughs> to yeah. put that in the service. But I think this is a super interesting document to look at and just get an idea of, like, this is how much 
it costs to put games in the service. Like in my mind, it's like, oh, a few hundred thousand dollars. And in reality, it's exponentially more expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I wonder if there's like the people behind Party Animals that are over there like, we got $75,000. Yeah, I would love to see Indies listed on here. <laughs> like, it would, oh, it, oh, I would love an Indies list of like, let's see what random game gets thrown in here. And they're like, we'll give you $3,000. And then it's just, yeah, it's just like a laughable amount. Even something niche like Return to Monkey Island expected $5 million. So like, people might be getting more money than we think. I would love that. I mean, Microsoft needs to share the wealth. I think that if it does come out that they're like, let's say a dev goes off the rails and it's like a, a one person dev team. Like, let's say the vampire survivors guy. I'm sure he's getting paid very oh, man, well. I hope so. Yeah, I'm sure he's getting paid incredibly well. But imagine him coming out and being like, hey, I uh, I got twenty five thousand dollars. And everybody's like, yo, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you gave Gotham Knights or you were going to give Gotham Knights 50K or whatever. And you're giving vampire survivors, bro, 25K. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> God, they just break NDA. They're like, can I get some more money, please? Yeah, I, I wouldn't blame them. All right. Well, that was a, a nice little. That was fun. Yeah, that was a neat little thing to look at. So that's all the leaks um, we're going to talk about. I'm sure there's plenty more that I missed, but uh, I thought those were the most interesting. So anything to you want to comment on the leaks before we jump into our next topic, Sam? On that last one that had the same vibe of me and my fiance going through Zillow trying to find a house of like <laughs> 800K. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> that was the same exact energy. <laughs> we can't afford that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe whenever I'm 57. Uh huh. Maybe I'll die by then. Oh, just kidding. You should make a spreadsheet, like expected ask. All right? Yes. Yeah. Positive, negative, bring it to the homeowners. Yeah. Hours right? spent per room. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to do. Per room. All right. Well, room. Let's jump into story number two. Uh, Tokyo Game Show was today. Well, Xbox's showcase was, and we have the announcement roundup for you. So, first, maybe the biggest announcement, depending on who you ask, Swery and Suda51. I only know who Suda51 is, are bringing their time looping horror action game to Xbox. Uh, series X and S in 2024. It's called Hotels of Barcelona. I didn't yes. write it in the document. It's correct. <laughs> Professional here. I wrote the description of the game. Yes. Didn't put the title. Um, did you look at the trailer for this? I glanced at it this morning whenever I woke up and I didn't really give it too much of a thought. I'll be honest with you, visually did not blow me away. Me it was either. not. Was not, it looked it reminded me of Shadow Complex uh, from mm. a couple of years ago. But um, I mean, I know Suda 51 is a big deal. Just don't know if this game is going to be a big deal. But the concept sounds cool. Time looping horror action. All right. I'm down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't didn't do anything for me. But Suda 51 carries a lot of weight with his name. The next announcement, Octopath Traveler 2 is coming to Xbox and Windows in early 2024. I called this like last week you whenever did. we got the write-in i said octopath traveler too lock yeah. it in i mean it's good to see it finally coming over and not getting trapped uh, you know we were talking about how the original was on there and now the sequel's coming so now you can get the entire octa you can get both tentacles uh ready and waiting for you on xbox mm, mm, yes. mm, sell it as a as a, a double what's a i was gonna make a joke i don't know what 16 is though i don't know what the abbreviation for 16 is like octo XBI? Uh, well, <laughs> not, I, I know the Roman numeral. I oh, meant okay. like Sorry you know that. how it's like penta, hexa, octa. Oh, like I don't know, yes. what, I don't know what the sixteen Sex is. Penta, so. yes. Yeah. X tentacles. Ah, mm. it's probably I'm probably very. Anyways, continue. Yeah. Uh, ESO is getting localized in Japan. Congratulations, mm. you play Elder Scrolls. 
Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy comes to Game Pass next week on September 26th. This is a, a big deal for people that like these visual no novel style games. Uh, obviously, this was the only platform that this game originally skipped when it was released in the West, so it's finally coming. Yeah, that's cool. Also, on a note with that one, it also has touch controls on cloud. Oh. Um, so I, I see this as being like a really good I'm on the couch, just want something to play while I'm watching a movie or whatever. This is a really good um, opportunity for that. So cool to see touch controls come in there. Did, did you and this probably a, you probably didn't. But did you try Danganronpa when it came to game? I did. Time? I did. Oh, OK. Yeah, Fox. it wasn't my thing, but uh, like oh, yeah, it worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it functioned well. Yeah, I played like a chapter and a half and I was like, I get it. But like, yeah. this isn't for me. And that's kind of how I feel about Phoenix, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I had always heard about Danganronpa, but it much, much to my confirmation was not my thing. And it still is not my thing. I'm going to try uh, Phoenix, right? Just because I remember playing them briefly on the DS back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a good opportunity to dive in, check it out. I feel like my tastes have changed and looking at the trailer, like it looks fun. So we'll see what happens. Uh, next, we got Althea, the Wrath of Afari coming to xbox soon this is a you play as two people working together I, this one didn't do anything for me if i'm being honest Nah, this isn't a me game no uh Iden chronicle 100 heroes launches on xbox and game pass april 24th 2024 which we already knew thanks to the nintendo direct last week nice yeah uh once again not my kind of game but uh glad to see it coming much like tgs didn't expect it to be my kind of thing said that last week but got a couple of good perks there the hypest announcement that my brother texted me at 6 a.m and i woke up early to to make sure this that i was reading this, and i actually read it wrong at first i thought it said infinite wealth said ishin so like a dragon ishin is coming to game pass this year and like a dragon gaiden the man who erased his name is launching into game pass on november 9th uh i pre-ordered that game yesterday so i had to wake up and cancel my pre-order <laughs> nice yeah i mean i think that it's very interesting to see them build this relationship with the yakuza games just because i did not like obviously we've seen that kind of coming into its own since the beginning of the console generation but it feels like xbox is really solidifying themselves as the place to play these especially for game pass players so really cool to see day and date uh for the man who erased his name especially mm -hmm. and ishin is uh it came out earlier this year it's a it's a spin-off it's got the same character models but it's a completely different story set in like feudal japan you're like a yeah. samurai it's it was a really cool action game and not the turn-based style so I, I i enjoyed my time with that i'm excited for gaiden i thought when my brother texted me, it said infinite wealth and that we were getting the brand new one next in January on Game Pass. So I kept my pre-order for that one, but I went from high to to, to medium yeah. on this, but really good announcement. Minico Night Market launches into Game Pass on October 26th. This is one of those cozy games that I don't understand. You're doing chores. What's going on here, people? Yeah, a good Game Pass get cool for people. Did you know that there are three games in the My Lovely series? My Lovely Empress comes to Xbox and Windows in 2024. I had no idea these games existed. So. Me either. Never, never once heard of this. Uh, finally, Sam, an announcement for you. Bo Long DLC has yes. been announced. 
Well, I mean, it was always confirmed. This is just the well, trailer. Yeah, we got the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's coming September 27th. It's going to be more Wolong, and I love that. Um, I need to get into Liza P. I kind of want to check that out this weekend. There's a Wolong DLC crossover with Liza P. But um, yeah, love more areas, love more weapons, love more Wolong. So still one of my favorite games of the year for sure. Love that. So a pretty good Tokyo game show, basically kind of around what we expected. Some some smaller announcements, a few Game Pass things, mainly targeted towards the, the Japanese audience. But let's talk about the Game Pass games coming for the rest of September because available right now, you can play Party Animals for cloud and console. Uh, you can also play Payday 3 for cloud, PC, and Xbox Series X and S. September 29th, you get Cocoon for console and PC. October 3rd, Gotham Knights for cloud, PC, and Xbox Series X. And the Lamplighters League for cloud, PC, and Xbox Series X and S. Sam, any of these pique in your interest? I might check out Payday 3. Definitely checking out Cocoon. Very excited for Cocoon, just because it's kind of one of those Limbo-style experiential games. Somerville is one that I played earlier this year that i think came out last year mm-hmm. um but yeah those two in, in particular are really good gotham knights is a cool get it's not one i'm going to be diving back into because like it's the worst time for it to come to game pass there's so many games that are coming out um but it does kind of feel like it was intentionally a co-op game so for mm-hmm. game pass players to be able to kind of get in and start to play with four player co-op again um that could be really cool that's the most full that game's going to be in its entire life so uh yeah gotham knights getting a little love don't uh don't mind that at all i had fun with gotham knights um i actually won it from our, our friend luke lore over uh, xbox expansion pass last whenever it launched was that last year yeah uh, i won it i played the whole thing co-op it was fun for what it was i didn't nearly have many issues as, as other people had with the game but i also didn't go into it with super high expectations i wanted a, a fun co-op batman game and that's what i got so yeah uh check that one out if you're looking for something party animals i think looks like a fun gang beast uh style game so i'm interested to see if we can get some people playing that payday three i don't know um i'm still on the fence i haven't heard good things about it to be fair it just seems like it's payday two with a three in front of it like it it just doesn't do much also party animals got an ori uh in the world of wisps uh, crossover during um Mm -hmm. tokyo game show that was cool uh lamplighters league i'm actually going to try because i'm gonna guest on a friend of the show one hour one decision they play one hour of a game pass game and then make a decision if they should continue or not so i'm going to try that one out and guest on their show in a few weeks so uh that's a tactical rpg i think so yeah it's it's got its audience but yeah let me know how that one is i'm curious about it but like does not look like my thing Mm -hmm. vibe wise just not my not, not my uh not my vibe yeah uh, luke says gotham knights is good but not arkham True. still haven't played any arkham game did he just say gotham knights is good but not arkham as in arkham isn't good luke dude no he's saying no <laughs> but it's not no that's good. what he's no you heard what he said <laughs> we're blowing him up hit him up on twitter complain right now yeah, tag him tag him yeah he said arkham's bad luke lord doesn't like arkham wow well we got joe and luke okay well that is it for the news and we only have one listener question this week sam so let's jump into that and it comes from it's kyle in the discord if you want to write in you can tweet at us at save game media or you can join our discord the link is down below and this is one we didn't we didn't talk about it in the news but it's a good time to bring it up with glenn schofield leaving striking distance embracer laying off people in mass do we think this has to do with inflation and cutting costs or is it something to worry about related to the increased cost of games versus how profitable can they or they can be and how one bad game can close a studio 
I mean, I think that between striking distance and embracer, it's two totally different situations where embracer just blew up too fast. And now they're having to cut fat after that deal fell through. We talked about that last week on the show. Um, and that's a situation in and of itself where scaling up slowly and sustainably is what developers and publishers need to be able to do versus just gobbling things up left and right willy nilly because the price is right. Um, you know, Embracer is the hoarders of game uh, you know, ownership where they just buy everything they want and then they have a garage full of things they can't afford to store anymore. Um, and it's unfortunate because good people get laid off in the process. That's the bad part. Um, with striking distance that was another one where i feel like personally the callisto protocol built itself up and was talked about as like this spiritual successor to dead space and between literally dead space coming out which definitely harmed uh mm -hmm. the sales of the callisto protocol and tech issues at launch and a lackluster story overall even though it was a good game like we both maintain callisto protocol was good mm -hmm. um, it just didn't hit what it needed to hit and my question with this is like, and we talked about this a bit in the discord, like what happens now? Because now your captain that started this studio a couple of years ago is gone. Uh, you've got, I think the CFO and another executive and the COO. All, yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. all three leaving. So now you've got this group of devs. I think one of the lead designers or something is stepping into the CEO role of the company. And so it's just kind of like, this I, I would not be surprised to see this just dissolved or acquired and, and it sucks because the callisto protocol was good and it had a good foundation i would want a sequel but financially i mean i think there's a good point there of like does it make fiscal sense to really go after that whenever people might not be clamoring for it i don't know yeah you took, you took the words right out of my mouth because you see i'm kind of upset because i feel like glenn schofield kind of came in was like thought he was a, a big deal. He's like my game's gonna sell because of me, like of my my prestige with Dead Space. Right, that didn't pan out. They gave him a enormous budget of hundred and sixty million dollars. I don't know where that money went into this game because it should not have cost that much to make the Callisto Protocol. So clearly, they spent the money in inappropriately uh, for for what this game should have been like you should have started a lot smaller you could have saved people a lot of jobs and it's just a bad look in my opinion to now be like we're out peace like we we came we mess crap up and now we're leaving the studio kind of flailing and from what i'm looking at and i hope the studio can can rebound and recover and i would love to see um a sequel i doubt that ever happens because i feel like glenn schofield was probably one of the ones like pushing for this game um so whether they go with a new ip or they get folded in and start helping crafting with other things i think it sucks that the whole c-suite just pieced out on them though like that's a bad look for me yeah um, it's horrible really bad feeling and Embracer, they're in a dire situation. The more I read about Embracer Group, I think even today I just read like they're trying to get outside investment to stay afloat and stop people from losing their jobs. Like they are trying really hard not to sell people, not to close studios. But I think we're going to see a lot more of these articles coming out. Like Crystal Dynamics, the I think the Marvel's Avengers team got laid off this week, right? Because I mean, the game got delisted. They're not making more content for it. But then immediately, it was it was Embracer lays off Crystal Dynamics stuff, which you could know what's going to happen. Still sucks to see, especially because you know Crystal Dynamics is supposed to be making like a new Tomb Raider game. They're working on Perfect Dark. 
there is stuff that people could be doing, but Embracer's kind of cutting costs right now. Yeah, no, it's a huge bummer all around. And I mean, uh, a healthy industry makes good games and parts of the industry are healthy right now. Some parts are not. It's a weird time. So, you know, as always, just a bummer to see people lose their jobs, especially when they're talented people. And like I said, the Callisto Protocols got some standout moments mm -hmm. in it. The Avengers has some good fun in it. Um, it. It was more of a victim of the live service trend than anything. But I agree. Um, yeah, it's just a huge, huge bummer all around. Yeah, one of the the one part of this question I like is how um, is it something to worry about related to the increased cost of games versus how profitable they can be and how one bad game could close a studio? Absolutely, because I, we, it's not mentioned in this question, but you look at the team over at Ascendant did Immortals um, of Avium, right? They lost basically half their studio because they put out a game at the wrong time and it flopped like from from what i've heard the game is not has not sold well at all like <laughs> like tens of thousands of copies yeah. as opposed to hundreds of thousands millions I mean, they were always fighting an uphill battle with Immortals of Avian because like it visually had some good elements in the trailer, but brand new IP with generic man number three as your main character. And then it comes out in a year that's completely packed with like triple A crazy quality content. Um, you know, I've said it on multiple shows before. If half of the games that got sevens came out this year or last year instead of this year, they're mm -hmm. all game of the year contenders because there was nothing last year. And now you're putting out this double A level game in a year where we're just swapped with good stuff. It's just going to be white noise. And um, yeah, just Immortals of Avium either should have come out in July or waited until February. There was no in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, uh, Isachan, uh, sorry if I'm butchering your name, says never even heard of it. So marketing failure, which I think is another issue. Like you, you don't have the money to spend if you're a double A studio or a, uh, an indie studio to get the marketing out there. So you rely on the word of mouth. You rely on review scores, I think is a big thing when people, especially this year are getting sixes and sevens. People are going to be like, I got Baldur's gate and Starfield, right? Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not about to play that. I'm looking forward to these eights, nines, tens rated games. That's what I'm going to go play. And then you're left sitting there like, well, why didn't we sell any copies? What, why do we have to, why do I have to send Nancy home crying to her children? She got laid off. That's, yeah. that's on, that's on poor planning from the publisher and marketing. And it's, it sucks. Absolutely. But we should, I want more leniency with the, uh, with studios, especially if you're owned by someone like EA or these big third parties, give your teams a little more leniency on their first title all right don't totally. close the studio well sam that's all we got this week um been a jam-packed show that's ah. so so my weekly one uh why don't you let everyone know where they can find you if they want to hear more of your content yeah you guys can find me at jam pack sam on all the social media accounts youtube tiktok instagram all that good stuff but now content throughout the week please no more leaks. I'm so tired. I just want to play games, man. I've been making so many videos this week. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, it's always good to be here and talk about the gaming news, especially on a week where we got some spicy stuff to dig into. So appreciate the opportunity, man. It's, he hasn't seen his fiance in days. Yeah. It's just, just the computer screen. It's just been these two monitors and this camera. That's it. That's all it's been. You like have a little clipped picture like you're at war of your fiance up in the corner, just like yeah. waiting. Like, oh, yeah. Dearest day. love, day three <laughs> of the Xbox leaks. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find me over on uh, X at the Muffin Mon. It's a 107i and 07a. Follow us at Save Game Media to stay up to date with all the latest. Until next week, we'll see you. Goodbye.